This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. So our boy Poole, and I'm saying our because I think you and I still like Jordan Poole, but he is taking quite the shellacking from the fan base. Um... And I'm not saying that some of it isn't deserved in terms of the valid criticism, but I think that, um, first of all, there's something that I don't like. All of this, um, I just feel like a lot of this questioning of his IQ has undertones for me that I don't, that I don't like. So I just need people to stop doing it. Like he's a younger player and sometimes younger players take longer to get things right? Like everyone has to develop, right? And so um, I don't know. I just don't like, um, I'm never really comfortable like with the whole low IQ. And I'm not saying that I don't ever say things like, you know, I always say the Minnesota Timberwolves last year when they played the the Grizzlies, like they just were playing low IQ basketball, like as a team collectively, right? But in general, I try to stay away from like the IQ conversation with players and stuff like that. And I just sort of have a visceral reaction when I'm always hearing people talk about like players IQ. So for one, like I just don't like that talk as it is around Jordan, you know, that being said, um, we've talked about it many times over and over on this show that Jordan's being asked to do a lot. He doesn't really have like a set role on this team. And that's been basically the last couple of years because we've had all Clay's been out. Steph has been out. Um, you know, then you're integrating, you know, James Wiseman or, you know, whatever. He's been in the starting lineup. He's been in the second unit. He's been asked to be more of a facilitator. He's been asked to play like Steph when that's not really his natural game. He's been asked to do a lot. And so I feel like there's just still a level of grace that I'm going to afford Jordan because he hasn't put it all together. Because when you don't exactly know what your role is, on a given night to night basis on a team, it's hard to master that role. Right. I mean, I, I give him the ultimate grace just considering all the things that you said already. I mean, he literally got punched by his teammate at the beginning of the season um, and he's still super young. And we, we talk about all the time how development and growth is not linear. Like it could happen out of nowhere. You know, there could be, there's peaks and valleys to everybody's journey in the NBA, especially a young guard, a young lead guard who has been yo-yoed around as much as he has. And we've watched 
how high his peaks can be. We watched him literally turn into a Steph variant at the end of the season last year. And then at various moments in the playoffs, he led the team in scoring. He was putting up 30 balls in the playoffs, winning them games, um, you know, against good teams on the road, like tough, just tough, tough stuff. Um, and then overall his numbers in the playoffs last year were some of the best by somebody his age in the history of the NBA. So you got to, you got to live with some of the stuff that he does um, when you think long-term what he can mean for this team and going forward. And there's obviously some questions about like next year, you know, will he continue to come off the bench making as much money as he does? And given that Steph and Clay are still in their primes, like how, what does that really mean for Jordan? I think the initial thought process was, um, one of Steph or Clay or both were going to decline a little bit more rapidly than they have. So Jordan was, well, I don't step think it was Steph. Steph was never coming off the Not bench. So. Yeah. It was right, even right. It, it just, Stefan's never going to be the one. So it, it was sure. in the background. It was clay. We all know that, but Jordan seems to have taken like a step back and clay seems to be looking Right. Better Very than he was more before. Like old clay. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So that, that definitely makes it a little interesting. But at the same time, you got to think about what made Jordan or what helped Jordan be successful last year. And has that been replicated this year? I don't think so. Um, there's just been a lot more instability around him this season, including his role, um, the roster, coaching and how they approach every game, leadership and how Draymond has had to take a step back as far as how hands-on he is because he was literally too hands-on early in the season. Um, and and teams just, are guarding him differently. They're, they're, I mean, they they plan for him now. <laughs> exactly. He's on, a, he's on the scouting report in a major way now. Um, we saw last game, Javon Carter's on Steph and Drew Holiday's on, on Jordan Poole for, for stretches at a time. It's like, He's, he's getting scouted heavy, so you got to understand that this may be one of those development years for him where he 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 gets punched in the mouth. I mean, not no pun intended. He gets, you know, teams are really throwing their best, their best at him, and he has to figure it out over the course of the year and then really internalize it over the summer and come back better the next season. Um, so that's just you got to live with that with that result. But the people who are trying to throw him under the bus and say, oh, we need to trade him. And he deserves his Reeves, contract. It's ridiculous. Like he's like the contract hasn't even kicked in yet. Like exactly. he can literally be way better than this next year and then outplay the contract for really. Um Yeah, so, it's like yeah. I mean, he's not a second year player, but they this is why we talk about sophomore slumps and things like that. Like players can look really good one year and then even the greats have years where like they just like they have a really good year the year before and then the next year. Steph had a big shooting slump last year, right? The worst in his career. So it's like, to me, and I get that Steph has done much more in his career. So, but look at, remember how people were last year? He's in decline and da 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 da. You were like, yeah, no. I was like, yeah, no. I mean, none of us just believed it um, or accepted it. I remember talking with our friend Jeremiah about this and I'm just like, I need to see more than just, even if he's like this the rest of the full season, right? Mm -hmm. Like I needed to see more than one season to determine that Stephen Clary was in decline. I also don't see decline just happen like that where like you start off hot and you're great and then it just stops. It's like, it just, it didn't 
it didn't make sense to me. Right. Right. And so injury. Right. And so I get, I get that Steph has done more and proven more. And even he doesn't always get the benefit of the doubt that he should. But y'all literally just watch Jordan help us win. That's not like fake talk. He helped us win. He was needed. And Jordan is still needed. Jordan is part of the reason this team was able to maintain a 500, slightly above 500 record with Steph out. It was Clay too. Shout out to Clay, but it was Jordan as well. And I just don't get it. I I don't get it. I think it's nasty. I think it's corny. I think it's ridiculous. Um, It doesn't seem that Jordan lets us affect him, you know, because he gets out there the next day and still does, you know, silly stuff sometimes or he's laughing and he's joking. But I just feel like he's owed a little bit more grace and and love from this fan base because he's literally helped them win a champ win a championship you know For sure yeah and i mean like there 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 are some criticisms that are completely valid right defensively he needs to be better he needs yeah, to do sure. you know the, the little things that Shot when selection. you aren't asked to be right when, when you aren't asked to be first or second option steph and clay you need to, okay, I need to affect the game in other ways, rebounding, passing, doing the little things. Um, and he needs to do that better for sure. But sometimes shots are not going to fall, whatever the case may be. It, it is what it is. So I think people go a little bit overboard with the stuff. And it was, I mean, it's the same thing. Like if Andrew comes back at some point and he looks rusty, people are going to be killing him about it. You know, that's just how sports at this point, kind of works but it's it is a little annoying don't even get me started i mean andrew wiggins delayed the birth of his child to play a basketball game like and this is the first year ever in his career he's ever missed this many games like this is not a common practice for him with all due respect he's not kyrie irving so i just you know (sighs) sorry for the straight to kai but it's like what are we doing? You know, like, and again, like you said, this is only a thing. You've said this before because of the team's position, right? That's what this is. But the, the, the entitlement that people feel that they should know what's happening. If the team knows they're the only ones who needs to know. And like, I don't understand people like, well, we just need more communication. What more communication do you need? They said they're giving him time and space and he's dealing with something personal that's bigger than basketball. That's it. Well, if we just had a sense of the timeline, maybe they don't have a sense of the timeline or maybe they do. That could be possible. Sometimes when things happen, you don't have a sense of the timeline. Did anyone ever think of that? But I just don't understand why people think they're entitled to know this. You don't actually care about his well-being. You only care about your fandom and how it affects you. That's what this is about. And it dehumanizes Andrew like we often do, dehumanize athletes and treat them like their property. I mean, I've been really quite appalled by some of the takes. Like, who do y'all think y'all are? Y'all not entitled to know anything about these men's lives. That's something we do way too much in sports, I think, as fans. We the only access to that we have to these human beings is the fact that they are athletes for the teams that we that we watch. So we think of them only as your 
Andrew Wiggins, the player for the Golden State Warriors, not Andrew Wiggins, the person who happens to be an NBA player playing for the Golden State Warriors, right? He has, this is only one aspect of his life. It's a big aspect. It's his occupation, his job, um, and it's, you know, got him a lot of money, but it's not who he is. It's what he does, right? So you got to take into account that there's so many more factors, you know, in a person's life, you know, as a person, myself and anybody out here, like your job is your job, right? But if something personal goes on, you know that you might have to step away from from work for a little bit and, you know, life happens to all these people. Just because they're celebrities, just because they're in the NBA doesn't mean that horrible life things can't happen to them. Um, so you just, I think we just got to have a little bit more compassion or empathy, empathy for people regardless of what their status is, regardless what they do for a living and regardless of how bad you want the Warriors to win another championship. Like it, it, it's going to be okay if they don't. And let, you know what I mean? Like just make sure that he's, he's good. Like good. He's a good place. And, and, and it's, um, <laughs> it, there's no right or wrong way to handle this. And I think that's what people need to realize. Cause I saw people talking about like, well, Drew Holiday, when he took off time to deal with his wife and take care of her, you know, there was more communication around it. Well, that's the way that they chose to handle it. That's the way that they chose to handle it. She was also a professional or is also a professional athlete. And so <laughs> those communications mm -hmm. maybe were going to happen anyway because she was also a figure in herself, right? Um, right. Didn't um, Kyle, Low Kyle Lowry take a whole bunch of time from the Heat or whatever team that was? I think it was when he was on the Heat. Like he was just away. And we didn't know what he was away for to deal with something. You know, things happen. And um, I just don't know why people think they're entitled to know these things. And so whatever, I'm going to just continue to hope and pray that everything is okay, no matter what it is. And, you know, Andrew's important. And I, I don't candidly know that they can win a championship without Andrew. It would be a lot harder, but um we cross that bridge when we get to it. But what I do know is we have Stephen Curry, we have Clay, and if Clay is playing like this Clay, you know, like plus we Dre, they're pretty hard to beat. They're pretty hard to beat. You yeah. know? And I'm hoping over this last month that Kaminga starts to get some more playing time to get him ready because he is who should be leaned on more throughout the rest of the season and the postseason, not the one who shall not be named. It should be Jonathan Kaminga. This is a perfect opportunity for him, you know, because they don't have any wings. You know, Wiggins is out, Gary's out. So that's, that's 25 minutes a game, or at least it should be 25 minutes a game right there for Jonathan Kaminga. And it could be a situation like Jordan last year at the end of the year where he takes it and runs with it. And it just kind of like speeds up his development because of the seriousness of the situation um, causes like a, you know, laser sharp focus. And it can just kind of speed up his development a little bit. But that would be, you know, best case scenario for him. For sure. Well, they have the Suns coming into town. The Katie less Suns. It's like an omen. Katie cannot come back and play at Oracle. I mean, at Oracle at Chase. He hasn't. Right. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's crazy. That is yeah, every time you think that. he's gonna come to do it, something happens. There's an injury. It's it's very crazy. But um, and that it's crazy. He got injured in warmups. 
Kaminga did too. Thankfully, his injury is not as serious as KD's, but that's crazy. I mean, it was a really, really bad sprain. And I, I mean, I feel like the Suns have actually a lot to be worried about because like, even if he's back for the playoffs, like Katie's never been someone who needs a lot of time from injury to sort of look good, but come a great to sprain is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more, I think he'll be fine. Ultimately, like obviously an ankle sprain is not a career ender, but like from a team standpoint, they have even less time now to integrate somebody who is as good and has, has is as high usage as Kevin Durant is. And that's just tough to do and try to they win think a championship. They could miss the rest of the regular season, Justin. You're talking about bringing him back for just the playoffs or just close to it. It's not like Steph coming back to a team that knows him and has played with him. I mean, they played, what, mm-hmm. maybe three, five games together? I don't know what the number was they reached before this injury, but that's pretty – that's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, he's talented enough to where they can win a series or two <laughs> just from just throwing them out there with those guys, but it's tough. You can't – I wouldn't say they're cheating the the grind, but you can't just skip steps. I think that's just a key step. you got to build that chemistry. And I just it, I have a hard time seeing them going super far in the playoffs if he's not, I mean even with him just coming at the trade deadline they only had what like twenty something games it was just going to be tough for me to imagine them being able to put it together that fast on a level that needed to win a championship and they already have roster weaknesses and stuff as well so I'm yeah super interested to see how they're going to actually look when he gets back because I mean they were playing some weaker teams when they first got yeah. back and they were just, they were just and scoring a bunch. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is why I'm hoping that the Warriors can at least get two to three weeks of their full roster together, ideally. You know, like, obviously missing as much time as Andrew has overall for this season and even GP2, like, their bodies are never going to be, like, in the same condition and shape as if they just played the full season. But at least to kind of be, like... (laughs) get some more wins and you know be able to like especially because they're relied upon so much defensively and what they need to put out and and so you know I'm hoping that they're back and we have about two to three weeks with them but I mean we just don't know and um I know everyone keeps saying it's the kings it's the kings but I I'm just wondering when you look at all the teams do you still think the kings are the best like, if they don't have a home court, like, if they can't find a way to get four, and four is actually really in play. Like, I'm not saying that when I say, because now with KD going down, we saw the Suns just lose a game. You know, it's not going to be as hard for them to win those games now just off the back of Booker, you know? So they could drop a couple of games. Obviously, the Warriors have to win games, but they could drop a couple of games and the Clippers are ahead of the Warriors right now, but we have the same number of L's in the loss column. So that next game we play against the Clippers is going to be really big because 
it could end up like if we win it, we'd own the tiebreaker and we don't own the tiebreaker with Phoenix, right? So it's going to just be crazy down to the end. Um, but the Warriors could get four, they could get five or six. So four would ensure that they have a home court series. But if they don't get four and have a home court series, is it still your opinion that the Sun, not the Suns, that the the Kings would be the best first team for them to play in terms of them trying to kind of get themselves together and ramp up, you know, like if they're, if they need a series to kind of ramp up, who's the best opponent for that? Uh, I think at this point it might be Memphis, to be honest, even though really? Memphis is always, a, it's always a dog fight with those dudes, but I think they're just in such a weird spot right now that, um, and the Kings are kind of rolling that it could be a little bit in their favor to see Memphis really. It's, and especially it's kind of like, a, all right, we here in the playoffs now, like, you know, Memphis is a little bit weaker than last year, I think, especially with the jog stuff going on. No Brandon Clark. Who knows what's going on with Steven Adams? Um, I think it'll really fire them up and they'll be able to get them, you know, get them early. And then you'll see Sacramento in the second round, potentially, if they get past whoever they see at seven. But I mean, I guess it's a toss up between Sacramento and Memphis. I think those two teams, neither of those teams want to see Golden State in the first round. Or maybe Memphis does, but that's because they just. Are delusional. They're delusional, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that would assume like if Golden State's like at six, because whoever's at two, we're we're not expecting Golden State to drop to seventh. So, you know, because if someone's at five, then they're seeing whoever's at four. And you could really have a case where like the Warriors are seeing the Suns in the first round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's the team out of those three you want to see the least, but it's also a team that I'm fairly confident Golden State would beat just given the circumstances. Uh, so, yeah, I just think it would be a little a little less mentally taxing to play against a team like Memphis and Sacramento. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to still go Kings, not because I'm underestimating them, but because two reasons. One, I mean, they just, they don't defend. <laughs> they just don't defend. Um, but secondly, it's the least amount of travel. It's going up the street. It's mm-hmm. almost like a home game for the Warriors. <laughs> there will definitely be. And I get it. This will be the first playoffs for Sacramento in years. So their fans are going to be hyping in the building. They do actually have like a strong fan base, though not strong enough to vote their guys in for All-Star. But we know, we know Warriors people are going to overtake that building or be in there. So it just, to me, is the closest thing you're going to get to a home simulation type of feel if you don't, like, win any home court series. And I just feel less travel. You're not having to fly to Memphis and, you know, all of that. True. So I just feel like that's probably the best. I don't love it because Mike Brown needs to be a co-chair, and I just feel like, he'll know the team in a different way that others wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, I guess playing devil av- devil's advocate for Memphis is like, if we get to the playoffs and Wiggins is still kind of rusty, if he comes back, Gary is still kind of rusty. Um, Memphis doesn't have the offense that Sacramento has to really put pressure on those guys. And it'll, it will allow them to get into a better rhythm defensively before they play a better offensive team in the second round. Okay. Where gotcha. Sacramento, Sacramento has so much offense that it's going to be kind of like throwing all of our wings in the fire, regardless of how 
in shape they are, it's like, yo, Wiggins, you got to stop De'Aaron Fox. Like, right. you know, that's that's just a tough, tough ask. But like you said, for those reasons that you said, either one is good, I think. I think they're... I think they they're, both have pros and cons is what you're saying. Right, right. Okay. I think the pros well, heavily actually... outweigh the cons, though. For both, for both matchups, the pros heavily outweigh the cons, either way. Yeah, I think I'm just actually really hoping that they can get to fourth, you know, but that really does require the Warriors to start winning. Um, Steph said they're going to figure it out. I believe Steph when he tells me things. So he hasn't he lost said no one, yet. After they lost the play, and he said, no, yeah, y'all not going to want to see us next year. He was right. He said years and years ago, no matter how long it takes, whatever it is, they're going to figure it out. And he did. So I do think they're going to start winning at some point. I just, every time I think, okay, is it going to start happening here? It doesn't happen. So it has to happen. Like, I know that they don't want to fall to the play-in. So mm -hmm. it's now or never. So with that, hopefully, you know, they got one more game at home. Let's get that W and then let's let's see what happens. I mean, these teams that are that they're kind of vying with right now, what are their schedules looking like? The ones that are remaining. There's Mavs, I guess in theory. The Lakers are creeping up. What do you think about them? They got a deep team now. They got a lot of guys with different skill sets. They got a lot of size on the wings. They got Anthony Davis who's playing out of his mind. Um, so they're 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 a good team. I'll give it to them. They are a good team. Now, I thought it would be kind of like a – I thought they were a little bit too far behind to catch up, but teams started losing. Teams started tanking a little bit, so it allowed them to kind of make a push, especially without LeBron. This is a big push for them. So I think the – If the Knicks can pull off the upset tonight in L.A., they've been playing good basketball lately. The Knicks – yeah, but they've – I think they should be trying to win this game because they just lost to um, Sacramento and to the Clippers. So right. No, that's what I'm saying. So that's something. Let's hope the Knicks can pull off the upset. Plus, you know, Julius Randle versus old team. Hopefully he'll want to make a point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Knicks should be hungry for a win. Hopefully they can get one. But I guess looking at the other teams. Because Lakers after I mean, that, they got Pelicans. Them at Pelicans. We know the Pelicans right now are like struggling. Then you have Lakers at Rockets. And then you have Mavericks at Lakers. And I don't know if Luca or Kai will be back for that game. So they got like some magic is on their schedule. I mean, they don't have many real opponents. The Suns, Thunder. So they have an easy schedule. That's the, that's yeah. the annoying part. Yeah, they have a clear path to climbing up more. Um, yeah. And, and, and working themselves into possibly that sixth spot, you know, which they weren't a team that I was factoring in before. I was saying that it would be four teams vying for four through six, but it's really maybe going to be five. I was saying that it would be like Warriors, Suns, Mavs, and Clippers. But now you add Lakers into that. That's five teams vying for three Minnesota. spots. Minnesota's right there, too. And I don't I mean, they're believe not in that. Should I believe in them? I mean, they right there. They right there. I don't think they're better than any of those other teams, but they they don't have to be that much better. They just gotta stick around, which I mean, they've been sticking around so far. So, 
So six teams vying for three spots. Woo! But the Warriors may have one of the hardest schedules. It's just hard because they're all on the road and we haven't they haven't been good. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota's schedule is kind of difficult too. But we'll see. Mm, okay. See. I mean, health, Bridge- health could also determine a lot of this. Yeah, for sure. Mikel Bridges is an upcoming star now. Did they find something uh, in Brooklyn? Or is this just him being new and teams going to have to start game planning for him differently? I mean, they're planning for him now because he's the star, but he's also, you know, what is it? Tell yeah, me. They'll be, in a, they'll be in the lottery if he's a star. They'll You're not buying the Mikel. You're not buying it. No. Nah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. We we got into a lot, but I feel like I feel like it's been a while since we've talked to you guys. And um we didn't I think we didn't cover the last game, which was my fault. I didn't have a hot date like Justin, but work be kicking my ass. And so um yeah, and then you know, we didn't get to record last night after the game. So um while our our temperature may have been tempered a little bit, it's definitely vibes over here. We're feeling just as high as all of you off of last night's game. And we're hoping this is the time for real, that they actually capitalize on it, bottle it up, and take it with them on the road after they hopefully beat the Suns <laughs> in the next game. Right, Justin? Right. Exactly. Who's Quick vibe check game? before we go. Where we at? What number? I mean, Steph has a unique way of, you know, pushing the vibes up to 10, but still given the circumstances, we're going to go back down to like an eight and a half. Anyway, now eight and a half. <laughs> he really is like a drug though, right? It's like, he actually really does get you high. Like Steph has a way of like, I could be pissed and he <laughs> uplifts my whole fucking mood, yo. Like, that ass. That's why so many people, that's why he's a lot of people's favorite player, you know? Just, I mean, it it's incredible. It what a remarkable quality. What a remarkable quality. Definitely one of the all-time greats. We'll never see anything like him again. So a stop and appreciate him. Now I sound like the LeBron fan. So let me end there. Um, listen, guys, uh, I'm just seeing a Shams tweet. The Knicks are waving center Moses Brown. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, y'all. It is Golden Spaces. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Thank you. I've seen some recent reviews. I appreciate it. Please send more of them. Give us some ratings, five stars. You can rate on Apple Podcasts and you can rate on Spotify. Also, follow, follow 95.7 The Games YouTube channel. You can find our shows under there. So if you want to watch the video and not listen, but watch us and watch the whole show, you can do it there. So subscribe so you'll be alerted every time one of our new episodes pop up. Okay? Justin, any final words for the people? Um, nah. Just All right, keep, keep rocking with us. <laughs> Let's get this W. Until next time, guys. Take care. <laughs>